Only Three Lads is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast family, home to some of the best music podcasts on the planet. Visit PantheonPodcast.com to discover more. And if you like what we do on O3L, we kindly ask you to please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now. It really helps us more than you know. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders. Was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Between 1927 and 1941, 400 workers blasted 450,000 tons of rock from a mountainside using chisels, jackhammers, and a lot of dynamite. Gradually, they carved out Mount Rushmore. Now, the monument draws nearly three million people to South Dakota's Black Hills every year. But its facade belies a dark history. Welcome back once again. It's the Only Three Lads podcast where we take a look at the golden age of alternative music from 1974 to 1999. We are so thrilled that you are here. It's Uncle Greg. And of course, we have the bro fester, the rockter, Brett Fargo. Together once again. Oh, as always. For our second episode music of, of season, season three. three. Episode 94. Yes. We're getting up there almost 100. I know. We got to start planning uh, what we're going to do for episode 100. Yeah. It's got to be special. It's got to be. If anybody mm. knows anybody that, that might make it extra special, let us know. Give us yeah. a lead. Maybe, yeah, we should start thinking about that a little bit more. Oh, and as you're listening to this, um, you may want to wipe down your speakers. I got the vid. Uh-oh. I got the vid right now. Ooh. But I'm fine. I mean, it's like a little bit, uh, I, I, I guess, a um, little bit of a runny nose. Uh, like most people say, it's a cold. I am fully vaccinated. I'm due for my booster, but you don't want to get your booster when you got the vid. Yeah. Um, and so uh, technically right now, I, I do have uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, um, but nothing that a little, uh, um, I guess, Excedrin doesn't help. Okay. Excedrin helps everything or hurts everything. I got a little phlegm, but don't worry. Uh, ah, that sounds nope. like a Miller Lite. You're exactly it. So we're looking for an official beer sponsor of the Only Three Lads podcast. And just saying, it could be you. So taste great or less filling? Both. Taste great, okay. less filling. That good. was the whole commercial. Good. Fantastic. Yeah. You know what I have tried, though, recently, which is really good if you're into beer, is uh, Michelob Ultra Pure Gold. That goes down like butter. Okay. I am not into beer. My drink of the day is a cotton candy bang energy drink you need to put a little vodka in that little splash of crayon party time oh it's always a party over here now <laughs> greg i hope you feel better because you know just just even hearing that you are in ill repair really hurts my heart but i am no scientist i i know this comes as a shock to a lot of people you're a scientist in music you're a scientist of music but i do not believe that COVID can be contracted through listening to a podcast. So I think everybody out there is safe. Look, I just, yeah, I want to give everybody, uh, you know, the option. I would think that you can stick around and be safe. Yeah. Herpes, maybe. Herpes, possibly. Um, but uh, you might want to yeah, wash your hands before <laughs> and after touching your knobs. But what I'm just saying is, Ooh. is that uh, with the Ooh. COVID, it's just like one of those things like, you know, when you get your test back, because I was, my, my son had been sick. And so here in Phoenix, the testing that they have, there's companies all over the place, but the one place right down the street from our house closed down for a few days because a lot of the nurses are getting this Omicron variant of COVID-19 and it's happening all across the world. Oh, yes, so yeah. it was shut down. So he missed all of last week because I called on, on Monday because last weekend is when he had like his cold. And I said, oh, he's kind of stuffy. He's sneezing like, oh, got to be out for five days unless you come back with a negative test. So then we went on Thursday night, took the test because I figured, you know, Monday is MLK Junior Day. When this was uh, taped, and so I figured, hey, uh, when he goes back on Tuesday, if they still want the 
negative test. He's already been home for five days and he's really asymptomatic. I, you know, we'll have that test and say, oh, negative. You know, we went and got the test on Thursday night and it came back positive. And when you're looking at that positive, you're like, well, at least I got a story to tell the grandkids. That's what I was telling my son was, you know, way down the road decades from now, when they're downloading the whole lesson of COVID-19 pandemic in the 2020s into their kids' heads, they're going to be like, hey, uh, I got that, you know, when he's a grandpa. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully one day COVID is looked upon as being as, you know, redundant as polio or the Spanish flu or whatever. Gosh, I mean, it seems like this variant that it's inevitable that everybody's going to get it at some point or another. That's a rosy outlook. Yes. Well, we'll all get it. And what's so weird is that some people I have this guy who I work with in the newsroom. He does sports and he is probably in his late 30s in shape. Super cool, dude. He was out of work for two months when he got COVID. Ooh. I think he had probably the Delta strain because it was two months. But he, we were like, hey, does, does this guy still work here? And they're like, well, we can't say anything, of course, HIPAA. And they're saying, but he still works here. He's just working from home. And we were like, oh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. So, and then he came back and was so open. He's like, oh, God. And he, I guess, used to vape. He says he can't even imagine vaping anymore because it's so stupid. And maybe that's what got him so sick because he's a young guy, healthy, not an ounce of fat on him. And uh, boom, you know, it's just so weird how some people it's nothing. It's not even a speed bump. It's just like, oh, I got it. And then there's some people who are, you know, they got a tube down their throat and fighting for their lives. It's just so. Yeah, that's the thing. It bugs me when people say, oh, you know, it's not that bad. It's just like a cold or whatever. But yeah, I mean, you have to remember it does affect everybody differently. So be sympathetic and empathetic to that. Well, it's kind of like Russian roulette. Yeah. Totally. You know, you're, you're just putting the bullet in the chamber and then spinning it and then click. Oh, wow. Cool. I'll go back to yeah. uh, work with the mask on in five days. But then other people, it's like, you know, you've lost a lot of young people. I mean, it's just the weirdest thing. That's just strange to me. It's just sounds it's it's just not yeah. logical, I guess, in a way. Yep. Wah, wah. What oh. a bummer. Should we talk about happier things like music, like music, kittens, uh, puppies? Puppies. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't it be great? Basically, any sort of baby animal. How about like little ducklings? I like little ducklings. You know, little ducklings are cute. Yeah, they're cute because they could run. They could swim. And then, you know, when they get older, they could fly. Like, they're like a triple threat. I like little ducklings. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about music now. All right. (laughs) So, of course, this week, uh, really, really hard because we're talking about the artists that we would put on our own personal Mount Rushmore. And let me tell you, I've agonized for days over this. And so instead of, you know, talking about bands, I talked about individual people. Yep. So that's how I kind of looked at it as I didn't want to put a band up there. Good. Because you only get five faces, five faces. And so I went with five people, um, but really hard. And it broke my heart to leave some people off who I wanted up there. But I just went with my gut. Maybe next week it'd be a different list. But this is the list that I'm going with this week on my own personal Mount Rushmore. Well, I know this surprises you, Greg, but I probably thought way too much about this topic. Oh, I'm sure you did. And I did approach it in my own unique way, as I tend to do. So we're going to erect (laughs) a monument to this music that we love. So the kind of the way that I approached it was much like Mount Rushmore. I thought it was more fitting to include people who had passed on. So that was kind of my guideline that I had. And those who made a foundational impact, much like our our founding fathers, rather than just picking my my absolute favorite artists. Now, where I did veer off the course, whereas the real Mount Rushmore in the Black Hills of South Dakota only has Americans on there. I did not because we're talking about music. So it's my Mount Rockter. So it's my rules. I think it's a good rule. I have dead people. I have alive people and I have people from different countries. Good. Also. But I didn't mix. But you see, you thought about that. That had no thought process in my head. I just went with uh, who I think people made an impact and uh, people who I listened to their music a lot and people who I'd like to meet, you know, maybe. It's a good start. None of mine I can meet. Well, you could maybe go to their grave. Yeah, Some people think that's creepy. That's kind of meeting them. Interesting list. My, my gears are turning. wonder who he has on there. Hmm. 
You want me to start? Start off. Let's do this okay. list. Well, because the, the first one is very timely, because my first choice is the recently departed Ronnie Spector. She passed away just a few days before we recorded this episode. So it's been one of those musical deaths that's that's been on my mind, and it's really shaken me because I wasn't really expecting it. I mean, she was just one of those presences that I thought was always going to be with us, even though I knew that that was biologically impossible. Ronnie Bennett came to fame with the Ronettes in the 60s. She had the perfect balance of tenderness and toughness, traits that were essential when you're dealing with the madman who was uh, Phil Spector. Although he was insufferable as a husband, he crafted these perfect pop records that beautifully suited her voice, as well as her sister Estelle and her cousin Nedra in the Ronettes. Ronnie had this bad girl image that stood in sharp contrast to many of her girl group peers. She had the trademark vibrato vocal stylings, the wo-o-o's, and she's remembered for malt shop classics like Be My Baby, Remember Walking in the Sand, and Do I Love You, but she really became an icon in the O3L era. In our era, she recorded with members of the Ramones, Johnny Thunder's Heartbreakers, the Dead Boys, Mink DeVille, the E Street Band, Genya Raven, and she served as a key inspiration for a whole generation of women rockers, from Debbie Harry to Chrissy Hine to the Go-Go's. She had this voice that could break your heart one minute and cut you down to size the next, to me, she was the true embodiment of the rock and roll spirit, and I don't think she quite gets the recognition for that. So for her somewhat unsung contribution to the music that we hold so dear, Ronnie Spector's likeness is the first that I will add to Mount Rockter. That's what it's called, Mount Rockter? Sure. Why not? I, I like it. I really Thank do. Thank you. Or Rockmore? No, no, I'm going to go with Rockter. Rockter. Sticking with it. All right. All right. What do you got? All right, well, the first person that goes on my O3L classic alternative Mount Rushmore really is a no-brainer. Now, I think that most of us remember the first time we heard his music. For me, I-5 San Diego listening to 91X. Of course, it's Kurt Cobain. I put him right there in the middle. Uh, The first time many of us heard Smells Like Teen Spirit, off to the record store we went. Uh, My first few trips, uh, they were completely out and they're trying to sell me bleach. Uh, but I still, I, I held out for Nevermind, and uh, I just remember just the uh, excitement. Uh, it was different. It was just awesome the first time I heard that. I'll never forget it. But of course, um, you know, Kurt Cobain, he tapped into a collective voice that really hasn't been matched since. You know, I've been around and I watched all that happen, and nobody has come close to the impact that Nirvana had on fashion, on culture, on music like Kurt Cobain's music did. Michael Stipe even once said Cobain's music uh, showed a sweet and beautiful but fed up fury coupled with vulnerability and uh, so damn straight Kurt Cobain Definitely going to be on my Mount Rushmore. So, by the way, I'm not numbering these for a reason. I just, nah. everybody's going to know I'm going to put Kurt Cobain on there. So, figured yep. I'd start off with him. So, I think you're right. There's never going to be that kind of seismic shift in music. I'll, I'll never say never, never. say never. Things are so fractured now. There's not that collective experience like we once had. And I think when Nirvana hit, they hit just at the tail end of that. So I think it would be very difficult for anybody to have as much of a cultural impact as Nirvana did. I think you're right that with the that that whole collective experience at the same time, like we all listen to the radio and now we all watch videos and people are in their own bubbles because you got your Spotify list and you got your, you know, Pandora radio station or whatever. I hope it happens again because it's hard to explain people who weren't there because they were weren't born yet and to explain to them what happened and how everything changed overnight, they don't believe it. But I hope that somebody does come through with that voice of a generation and changes the game like Kurt Cobain did and Nirvana. Yep, for sure. When uh, 20,000 records sold in a week gets you a number one record nowadays. Right. Mm, I don't know. It's going to be tough. going to be tough. 
Well, good choice. Just, yeah, but maybe something different will happen. We'll just have to. That's see. true. That's true. Yeah, it'll probably be on TikTok, whatever it is. So the next face that I'm chiseling out on Mount Rockter is actually not a famous musician, but a producer who played a major role in shaking the UK landscape of punk rock and post-punk, a gentleman by the name of Martin Hannett. So Hannett is probably remembered most now for his dense, spacious, echo-laden production that defined the Manchester and Factory Records post-punk sound, producing Joy Division, New Order, Magazine, Penetration's Pauline Murray, the Stone Roses, the Happy Mondays, and also tracks by U2, OMD, ESG, and the Psychedelic Furs. And if that wasn't enough, he produced the first UK indie punk record, Buzzcock's seminal Spiral Scratchy His use of delay, loops, and filters was absolutely revolutionary. And if you haven't heard of him by name, you definitely know many of the records of the Bear's distinctive stamp. Sadly, his work in the mid-80s became more sporadic after factory records shut down, and he succumbed to drug, alcohol, and food-related addictions that ultimately resulted in fatal heart failure at the age of 42 in 1991. But for now, we are going to celebrate the work he left us, and we are going to give him a very precious spot on Mount Rockter. Good pick. Thank you. I'm always interested in those guys and gals who can produce like that and work with so many, like Bob Rock with Metallica. And then he was his band, the Payolas. And it's just like when they're different genres, but it's still, they just pump out great songs and great music. And it's not, you know, there's, there's certain things that you do with a formula, but I mean, just people who can do it over and over again with different genres. I'm just amazed by that. Yeah. Well, what a lot of people may not realize is that if you listen to any of the early Joy Division recordings, like let's say the ones when they were called Warsaw, obviously the songs are there. I mean, the songwriting was the same. The players were the same. But you realize just what a huge difference Martin Hannett's production made to shaping the sound of Joy Division. And then obviously Joy Division went on to inspire just about every other band that ever called themselves post-punk, even to current day. There is this cavernous sense of, I guess, space. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's a better space. word for it. Yeah, no, because you got to your mind has to be able to the listener has to fill that space. Yeah. Or sometimes like, you know, because that's why it's called art in a way. You know, yeah. you're trying to get this message across. You're trying to get what you feel across. And that's why the great thing about music is, you know, you could be like the artist can be singing it to 20,000 people. But. There's 20,000 reasons why people are there listening to that song. And that's what's so cool about music. Yeah. And the band famously hated the sound at first. They always do. Because you know what? Mm -hmm. Bands always get in their own way. You know what I mean? And then that's when someone smarter and older comes along and says, okay, wait, do it this way. And they're going to push back because they know everything. And then they kind of give in and then they become rich and famous. And then they tell themselves how wonderful they are. It's the cycle. It's the cycle. And then that's when the guitarist gets mad because the lead singer is getting more of the women and then the guitarist. So then the drummer and then the bass player and it all just goes to pot. And then in the case of Norwegian black metal, then they the burn lead churches. singer kills the bassist, <laughs> yeah. tries to eat him and makes a necklace out of his uh, body parts. See, look at that. That is art. Just rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, talk about music production. The next name on my personal Mount Rushmore is someone who is known for his musical production. And yes, I've talked about his brilliance in past episodes of the Only Three Lads podcast. Now, it's very clear that Alan Wilder is probably one of, if if not the core reason Depeche Mode has so many classic songs from 1982 to 1993. Depeche Mode's never been the same since he left the band back in 95 after Songs of Faith and Devotion, that tour. He kind of went home for a little bit and said, let's see how I feel. Finally, he pulled the trigger, got out of the band, and I'm sorry, Depeche Mode's never been the same. I mean, he gave Depeche Mode that dark, orchestral, atmospheric edge. He took Martin Gore's lyrics and Dave Gahan's vocals into icon status.
I've said this before, but listen to Alan Wilder's remix of Depeche Mode's In Chains. It's off their 2009 album, The Sounds of the Universe. And in 2011, they asked him to remix one of their songs for uh, something that they put out at that time. And he remixed this song. And let me tell you, he just expand the overall power. This song is 10 times better than the original. Um, so Alan Wilder, he's going to go up on my Mount Rushmore for sure. He is Depeche Mode sound. And um, he should really be back in the band at least one more time for one more album and one more tour. Please. Here, here. Please. Hear me, universe. Well put. Alan Wilder. I applaud you and will vote for you, sir. All right. Thank you. There you go. Look at that. Mount Rushmore. (laughs) Do you have a a particular name for your mountain? No, just my Mount Rushmore. That's I'm I'm not again, got a little COVID. I'm not really as creative as I normally am. But, you know, the beer will kick that in by song number two. And you never know what I'll say. Ah, Looking for the official beer sponsor of the Only Three Lads podcast. But don't forget, our lists are just subjective. You may have your own Mount Rushmore that you would like to see. So get to our Facebook page. If you haven't already, make sure and hit like, hit the notification bell. Please share any of the posts that we put up there. But please do that. And we would love to hear your Mount Rushmore because there's so many people that, I mean, like I wanted to put on, but I had to leave off. And I guess we'll give those in our honorable mentions. But, you know, you were just talking about the Ramones. I was like, oh, yeah, that's I, I, I can't put the Ramones on there. Yeah, I would say this week is probably more subjective than any because there's really no wrong answers. There's not. Right. It's it's all personal opinion. There's going to be nobody I'm going to reckon that would have the exact same answer. Oh, God, no. I think that people go, oh, yeah, I could see why that or, oh, yeah, that they, that would definitely be a good pick. Just but yeah, everyone's fun. different. Just dumb, dumb fun. fun. It's what we are. Dumb fun. Yes. Thank you for being part of the dumb fun community and stick around. Our number three, Mount Rushmore face, coming up after this. Hi, this is Mark Wasserman, the author of Ska Boom, an American Scott and Reggae Oral History. And I was just on the Only Three Vlads podcast with Greg and Brett, and we talked about our top five ska songs from 1974 to 1999. Some great releases are now available from your favorite online, or better yet, hopefully your favorite physical music retailer. Elvis Costello and the Imposters came roaring back with The Boy Named If, a vibrant album that marries the fizzy energy of his earlier work to the pop sophistication of his latter-day albums. David Bowie's Toy Box expands his aborted early 2000s album Toy to three discs. Toy features remakes of his 60s material, and along with the originally planned album, there are also two discs of alternate mixes. The Dream Syndicate's underrated 1986 album, Out of the Grey, has received the three-CD deluxe treatment, including demos, outtakes, and a previously unreleased live album. And coming at the end of January is a massive 8-CD or 8-LP box set of Pixies' 2004 London reunion gigs, appropriately titled Live in Brixton. We are back. Thank you for sticking around. It's the Only Three Lads podcast. Now, don't forget, please tell your friends. And then if someone says, hey... What are you doing with your time if you're home with COVID? Tell them about our podcast. Don't forget, you can get it on all of your favorite podcasting platforms like Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, Apple, the iHeartRadio app. And also, you can just Google us, and that's the easiest, fastest way. Because, Brett, I am surprised how many people still don't know how to get a podcast. I know. It is crazy. Yeah, it's like, well, where, where do I listen to a podcast? Well, just go to here. Go there. Go there. Uh, and you just got to hit play. Oh, OK. There was a uh, post and thank you for mentioning us. Love Tractor community. Somebody was saying, I've never listened to a podcast before. I really want to listen to a music podcast. And our name was brought up, which I thought was re- really cool. So, I mean, that just goes to show that yeah, there's a lot of people that are blissfully unaware of uh, the podcasting world. So please share us. And. This statement has not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, but there is a good chance that we can actually cure COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Along with our official beer sponsor of the Only Three Lads podcast, you know, fill the blank here. Yes. Again, the herpes we have no control over. No, but we don't want, but we don't want to share that though, but we want to share (laughs) beer. That's okay. Fair enough. Because you know why this beer, it really burns the phlegm off the back of your throat if you have COVID. Hmm. It helps. 
or or if it's still there, you don't care after a while. So that's always good. Well, I've mentioned that I don't believe that I have consumed a full beer in my lifetime. So I'll have to take your word for that. I don't know what this bang energy drink is doing for me other than probably heart palpitations. I was going to say giving you diabetes, maybe. Could be. It is sugar free, though. Uh, Yeah. Well, then what's in it? Asbestos. Um, It's called bang. I mean, come on. Bang. It is potent brain and body fuel. It's actually a health drink. Yeah, but what's what gives you that that edge? Uh, you got vitamin D, vitamin C, vitamin B6, magnesium, niacin. Who doesn't like a little niacin? Yeah. Creatine. Creatine. There you go. Creatine. That's that's, that's the stuff. The root word in creatine is create. So it's got to be good for you. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> this All is right. what we call rationalization. All right, Uncle Vid. Are we ready? I am ready because we are talking about our, the, I, I don't even want to give it a number. So, but I was going to say our top five faces we would put on our own personal Mount Rushmore. Yeah. And our list so far, I, you know, I like, I can stomach. Yeah. They all get to go side by side. It's not like we're going to make, you know, one head bigger than the rest. Right. Not like uh, Thomas Jefferson, that jerk. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so the next face on my Mount Rockter is Lou Reed. Wow, okay. Let me say, first of all, I'm not a big solo Lou Reed super fan because I think he was just way too erratic and inconsistent. Although his high points did hit very high. I got to see Lou Reed when he toured the album The Raven. It was one and only time I saw him. I wish I would gotten to see him on another tour because, oh gosh, that was painful to get through. Although I did discover one of his, uh, one of the members of his backing group was uh, the singer Anthony, who I just fell in love with, and and I have uh, all of his, her albums. But anyway, that's besides the point. But what he did before 1974 resonated throughout the O3L era and continues on to this day. Everybody's probably heard this out there, that old saying, everyone who ever heard the Velvet Underground went out and formed their own band. So many artists that I love are ultimately indebted to Lou and the Velvets. Pretty much all of the Flying Nun bands, the Clean, the Chills, the Stones of Verlaine's, they all started with the insistent guitar chug that was cribbed from the Velvet Underground. Early creation bands like the Pastels, Felt, Jesus and Mary Chain, yep. Most of the guitar indie bands who graced the C86 tape, of course. Paisley Underground bands like the Dream Syndicate and Green on Red, you betcha. Modern Lovers, R.E.M., The Smiths, Nirvana, The Church, Spiritualized. I think each and every one of them would be the first to acknowledge their debt of gratitude to Lou Reed. He was unflinchingly honest, stubbornly different, funny, deadpan cool. He opened up avenues for pop songwriters to transform the low lifes into high art. So if you had to pinpoint the genesis of alternative rock to one person, for me, it would be Lou. So I'm waiting for my man right now to finish carving him onto Mount Rockter. Great pick. Great Thank pick. Thank you. He ran through my head, too. Didn't make my list. Yeah. But definitely somebody who really was the birth of alternative music with the Velvet Underground and still influenced, again, almost every sure. artist in the genre for ever and ever. Yaha. Well, the next face on my Mount Rushmore of alternative music greatness is a man who wrote the songs that were my personal gateway to go all in for alternative modern rock music at the time. Now, I recognize the importance of Joey Santiago, David Lovering, and Kim Deal. All those parts made up the greater whole of the Pixies. But Black Francis, Frank Black, or Charles Thompson IV wrote all the tracks but one on the Pixies' Doolittle album. So for that right there, those songs continue to hugely influence alternative rock, bands, people getting into it. So Black Francis, Frank Black, Charlie has definitely a place on my Mount Rushmore. Hey, good choice. So yes. I like that one. Now are you going to polish that rock well? Yeah, because I want it like black marble. I think that's what I'm kind of, that's my envision. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, Yeah. instead of just like rock, I want to have like, I don't know, a little marble-ish to it. I, I mm-hmm. kind of like marble. Yeah, make that head shine, though. 
That sounds dirty. <laughs> it'll it'll be clean. Hey, you you were the one that talking about uh, disinfecting your knob. <laughs> well, well, that's true. See, it's always me. See, you are the moral it's compass of this year. It's, it's oh, just me. Uh. All right, great choice. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna go with another non musician on my side of the hill, but one of the most important tastemakers in music history, famed. BBC DJ John Peel. The nature of him being on terrestrial radio in the UK may mean that his exposure in other parts of the world to alternative fans may have been limited to maybe those Peel Sessions albums that everybody saw that were released on Strange Fruit Records in the 80s and 90s, but that alone should be enough to cement his legend. Of course, now in the internet age, you have access to just about every Peel Session that ever existed if you type it into YouTube. But in pre-internet days, I know I used to intently tune in. I had a little shortwave radio that I would listen to every night as a teenager. And I would tune into the BBC World Service specifically to listen to these John Peel sessions that they would broadcast. That was always kind of my gateway into this, uh, at the time, very foreign world of the UK that, that I dreamt about. For nearly 40 years until his death in 2004, John Peel broke down musical boundaries, championed the underdogs, blurred the lines, and connected the dots between genres and countries, and without regards to whether it was commercial or not. In doing so, he laid the foundation for a wider audience to embrace the sounds of the underground, bringing punk rock, psychedelic music, Eastern music, British folk, electronic music, etc. to the masses. Look up your favorite bands on YouTube with the keyword Peel Session, and chances are they not only did at least one, but probably did some of their most exhilarating and spirited performances for them. Grown-up can sing it, and cowboys and Indians can sing it, and elephants can sing it, and mice can sing it, and we are absolutely certain that John Peel could manage to sing it, and it's only a few bars left now, John. This is your big chance. And the way he spoke to his listeners was direct, conversational, and intimate, like we were all in on The Secret. This was our music and our tribe. And any guy who considered The Undertone's Teenage Kicks as his all-time favorite record is A-OK in my book. I'll tell you what, you know, I've not done this for ages, but I think we ought to hear that again. Hold on a second, just talk among yourselves. So, for that, John Peel gets a spot on my mythical mountain. Now, is it John, J-O-H-N or J-O-N? J-O-H-N. Because, see, I grew up in Phoenix. I've said this before. We didn't have cool stuff like, you know, Southern California. I probably didn't find out about the BBC until cable TV. And then, um, because we never had anything BBC that I'm aware of. Now we do on our NPR station here in the town. Yeah, now you can tune in anytime, anywhere. So, yeah, well, it's just the news. But now in California, do you get like BBC one, two, three? Oh, you, you can do it if you have an Alexa device. And you have like tune in radio, uh, the tune in radio skill or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is just say, hey, Alexa, play BBC Radio One. And it's right there for you. Like you were in the UK. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Technology. I tell you. Things you learn. Technology is bringing mm-hmm. the world together. Although I would say if you're going to listen to the BBC now, tune in to BBC Radio Six. They probably have the most interesting playlists. If you listen to Radio One, you're pretty much going to hear the same stuff that you'd hear like if you turned into any, you know, Kiss station in the yeah, U.S. Kiss, yeah. Pop station. Yeah. So BBC Six. BBC Six. Them. All right. That's a rocked or hot tip. All right. Well, of course, I'm going to need a lady on my Mount Rushmore to keep all the guys in line. And uh, personally, I love stories where people are too strong headed to listen to other people telling them never, you're not it, be practical, sensible, have a backup plan. And those people say up your ass and around the corner and create an iconic status for themselves. And Joan Jett did just that. She was told girls don't play guitar, write songs. You should be on the sidelines. defiance, ferocity, and tenacity, we should all use Joan Jett as a mentor as we continue to forge our place in the world. 
She once said, you should sweat when you're on stage. And I agree with that 100%. If you're too pretty and can do dance moves, I'm probably not going to go to your show. But Joan Jett, I'm definitely looking forward when she goes on tour with Motley Crue. I'm going to be there for Joan Jett, but I'll watch Motley Crue. And uh, that's why Joan Jett, she's got to be on my Mount Rushmore. Cool. Bad Reputation. What a great song. Yeah. Everything she touched and, you know, she's had peaks and she's had valleys. And now she's finally getting the recognition she's always deserved. As she should. Mm -hmm. As she should. And I saw her a few years ago playing at the Del Mar Fair. I mean, it didn't matter that she was playing for a fair crowd that probably very few people really, you know, were there to see her. You know what I mean? It was They were right. there because it was the free concert at the fair. You would think that she was at, you know, playing CBGBs or something. I mean, she just put on such an energetic, rocking show. Yeah, I don't think she has, like, you know, um, she has on or off. She doesn't have levels. Yeah. And yeah, I think totally. that that's what's so cool about her is that she's a rock and roller, and she's done it her whole life, and she's never looked back. And I remember that was one of the very first songs. I remember I Love Rock and Roll. It yeah. was like one of like I just got a boombox, and I remember that was the big song when I first got my very first boombox when I was a kid, and I loved that song. And I that's you know, then MTV came on, and then the, there she is. And do you want to touch me there? And she was flashing me, and I was like, woohoo! And uh, <laughs> it's all awesome, awesome. The joy of cheap thrills, cheap thrills back huh? in those days, right? Well, you got to pay for cable. See, that's what we were just talking about earlier. Kids yes. got it so easy nowadays. See, we had to watch MTV and we had to line up, you know, like our perversion with a certain video. A big one for me was, do you want to touch me there by Joan Jett? And why am mm -hmm. I talking about this? I don't know, but we'll keep going. Um, and then uh, Angel is the centerfold was the other one because all those girls dancing around in the negligee. Kids today have it way too easy. You know, they could get it on their phone. You go to Google, you put it off uh, off on your safe search and you can see anything. And I mean, anything that you want. Yeah, it's sad that kids today will never know the thrill of where they you had the cable channels that were scrambled, but you could still hear them. Mm -hmm. Get it so that it just unscrambled enough so you could see something. Those were the days. Right. Or ripping pictures out of your Playboy and then folding them up and putting them in your wallet. And I know guys did that. So you guys can all just, you know, yes, women, guys are creepy. We've been creepy ever since we figured <laughs> out we don't only pee out of this thing and it lasts until the day they die. So yeah. at least I could admit it, except for Brett. Brett is, he's the moral compass of this podcast and he has no idea what I'm talking about, but I like no. to sometimes show him the seedier sides. Yeah. No, I was a teenager, Greg. Okay. And I did do the things that teenage boys did. But you never drank a beer. But I never drank a beer. Okay. No. There you go. Moral compass. But we're still looking for the official beer sponsor of the Only Three Lads podcast. Look up. Ah. Goes down smooth. And if you're an energy drink and you want to sponsor us too, I'm, I'm game. Yeah. But then we need a vodka sponsor. Remember Zima? Yeah. I think they brought it back. They did, but it's still, you have to put a splash of crayon in it because it's just too sweet. Mm. And I always, and I remember one time we were doing Zima. This was in the 90s when it first came out. And I was like, the we were at some bar promoting it. And I told the guy, hey, put a splash of crayon in it. And it's really good. He's like, let's not say anything about that. Because they just wanted to promote the drink. I'll never forget that. I was like, why? It's so much better. Like, why don't they put a splash of crayon? But that's like Coca-Cola. Like what they have, like vanilla Coke. It's never right. They always like screw it up. Like cherry Coke. Yeah. You could buy it in the can. It's like, God, why do they make it taste like dog do? I mean, because if you get a cherry Coke, let's say at, you know, like a restaurant, it's good. Right. And yeah. Because they're probably adding like real maraschino cherry syrup stuff. and It's all right. Yeah. Because I think there was lemon Coke and I swear it tasted like Pledge to me. Remember Pledge? Mm. That your mom yeah. used to probably dust with. Yeah. Better was uh, Pepsi Light in the 80s in, the, in that light blue can. That added a hint of lemon and that was really good. Hmm. I don't think I probably ever had that one. Again, never let it be said that we don't cover a lot of ground here. I, yeah. Useless ground, but it's ground. We're going from Mount Rushmore to soft drinks. <laughs> there Whatever. Sometimes we just go off the rails, <laughs> but we're glad that you're here for the ride. And uh, make sure and get over to the Facebook page. If you are part of this community, show your pride. We got t-shirts there. We have season three and of course our 100th episode that if you have an idea for it, because we were talking about that earlier. I I don't know what we should do for the 100th episode. 
Yeah. Let's make it special, though. That's a big milestone. Yeah, that is. Well, that's like if you are a TV show and the Mm -hmm. way to get into syndication is to have at least 100 episodes. Right. And so not that this will ever go into syndication. Uh, Well, maybe. Never say never. Never say never. But I'm saying we're just going to have to do new episodes. Like if you go and listen to The Only Three Lads, you know, episode one, two, I'm sure we sound like a clunky old, you know, Pinto. (laughs) Now that we are the Ferrari that we are, two years. Uh, I was going to say like a more recent vintage of Pinto. No. Like one of the last years they made them. Well, this episode, maybe. But we have like the last ska one. That was a great episode. It was a great episode. It was a lot of fun. I, I like to think now that we're like a 84 Pinto painted brown with a blue door. Uh, no, I no maybe a pacer because it has really good acoustics because they were that that round bubble. Remember those? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still an AMC. Yeah, an AMC okay. car. We could be a pacer. All right, cool. All right. Yeah. Well, so we'll get to our Facebook page. Make sure and put down your list of your Mount Rushmore faces and we'll tell you what our number ones are coming up after this if your idea of a hot date is sweet talking surrey in the bathtub no thanks i'll pass pervert you need a serious classic alternative infusion only three lads we turned to our third lads in the o3l community and asked who you would put on your monument to classic alternative music and we got some great and varied responses Andy Hunter said, David Bowie, Joe Strummer, Robert Smith, Brian Eno, and Ian Curtis. Chris Dalvig said, Vince Clark, Morrissey, Kate Bush, Robert Smith, and Michael Stipe. Dean Meinertz said, Robert Smith, Johnny Marr, Adam Ant, Susie Sue, and Richard Butler. And Dan even had enough funds and resources to build a second row. Mike D said, Robert Smith, Martin Gore, Bjork, Al Jorgensen, and Dave Grohl. And Bill Ball said, Robert Smith, Jello Biafra, Tim Smith, Robin Hitchcock, and Jay Maskus. Wow, it looks like we really missed the mark on this whole Robert Smith thing. Thanks, everybody, for your responses. Keep them coming, and maybe we'll read more next week. Now back to the show. Full disclosure, um, I do have COVID, so if this episode seems a little bit off, um, it's totally me. Brett, Nobody noticed. <laughs> yeah, it's totally me. It's not Brett. Brett is, he's here, batting a thousand like he usually oh. does. You're I too mean, kind. I am sitting here uh, on beer, on uh, Excedrin, and coffee. And so maybe that's why we're going off the rails so much. But we want to appreciate you here. Or I don't even know what I said right there. We would like to say that we appreciate you here. How much of that beer have you had? Uh, not enough. Okay. I would love to do an episode one time where you're just totally blitzed. Okay. Oh, that's I think that'd be a lot of easy. fun. That'd uh, be that'd a be- lot of fun. And if I'm ever in a drinking mood, maybe I'll join you. All right. Yeah, no, Um, like if it's a scotch day. Like, I really don't drink much anymore. I hardly ever, and if I do drink, I'll have like a beer. Sometimes I get crazy, and I'll yeah. drink one and a half, maybe one and oh. three-fourths, and then the beer can Simmer sits, down. Yeah, then the beer can sits on my desk for like four weeks, and then I'm like, <laughs> oh, maybe I should throw that away. It's like growing a colony in there. You know, it's mm-hmm. like penicillin, free penicillin. Yeah. Um, so maybe that I will beer help. Beer as is has such a delightful aroma. Oh, I love beer. Well, I don't know. Do you, you love the smell of beer? I do. I mean, it depends oh, on the beer. Gosh. And it, see, it's a mood for me because I like to like drink a little bit of beer and then listen to music. But I listen to music. That's what I do. Like with ninety three percent of my life, uh, sit down and listen to music and just like either. Um, you know, that's why we. That, that's why we love this classic alternative. Takes us back to a time. Uh, when we didn't have a mortgage, we didn't have the pressures of, you know, going to work uh, of our boss, you know, more, more, more. You know, it's like we got to do more with less. No, you got to do more with less because I'm out of here. That's why, you know, like everybody has like the dream of, of you know, being independently wealthy and doing what they want at all times. At least that's my dream. Uh, that uh, is my dream, too. Yeah, I think it's a lot of people's dream, but you have to create that for yourself. And so um, I haven't done that yet. But when I'm home from work, I listen to music because TV, hmm, there's nothing on that really interests me, except I've been watching a lot of hockey lately. You like watching dudes punch each other. Well, well, yeah, well, that's always fun, but it's all just mindless. Like I have no emotional attachment to much in this world. And so when I watch hockey, I don't care who wins or who loses. I just want to see people compete, you know, and, and, and I'm amazed each other and punch each other because that's always part of it. But, um, my dad used to call it cocky. You're going to watch cocky, all those cocky guys. 
Yep, sure I am. Because yeah, you know, because here, here we we didn't get a hockey team in Phoenix until '97. Right. But but before that, if you grew up in Phoenix, especially in the '70s and '80s, you got Dodger games, and then you got uh, Dallas Cowboy games, and then right. and then in the early '90s, they started bringing in Los Angeles King games. You know, Marty McSorley, Wayne Gretzky, Luke Robitaille, and all that 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 great team. And then they get then in 1997, wow, 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 the Coyotes were here. How you just were like. <laughs> And then they went to like, I don't know, their their team colors and their jerseys look like some buddy from the Northeast moved to Phoenix and because they have like the howling coyotes yeah. at the moon on their screen door. You know, it's like, this is the stupidest thing ever. And, um, but you know, and then, but we had Keith Kachuk was like the big name here for a long time. Uh, but the team just stinks. You can't even really follow the Coyotes still after 25 years. They haven't turned a profit in Phoenix. And it's weird because you'll see like the top scorers on every team. I saw this the other night and it's all like these GQ guys. You know, they have like, you know, jaw lines and the whole thing. And then they show the top score on the Coyotes and it looks like Peter Griffin from <laughs> Family Guy. You're like, well, that's why we suck. You know, there's no women going, oh, I'm going to have myself a hockey player. They're like, oh, Jesus. But we just we just picked him up along the way. Yeah, I don't know. He, he looked good. <laughs> hey, do you skate? <laughs> All right, you're hired. And uh, but it's yeah. tough to find in Phoenix. There's not a lot of ice there. Well, there's not. A, yeah, because there's not like you know. If you have like little league baseball, you have basketball teams. Uh, you have to have money to play hockey in Phoenix. Like your parents have to be of means because not yeah. only do you have to buy the equipment, but then it's usually like a league team. So you're traveling. So every weekend, mm. like you have to go to San Diego or Tucson or Salt Lake City or Albuquerque. And it sounds great and all, but um, that's why I don't think there's like a, a youth movement in Phoenix. They do have, they put out like ice dens in certain parts of town and they have ice skating there and all that kind of stuff. But I just don't think it's too beautiful here. And why would you want to be freezing? Except for like June. It's kind of funny watching people with jackets going into those places. Yeah, but you have all the major sports teams now. So, you know, Phoenix has really stepped up as far as uh, being a larger market. Yeah, but the Coyotes probably, they keep on talking. Like um, They almost went to Seattle, and they don't have a place to play. They're trying to figure out how to build another hockey arena. So maybe like the Indian gaming casinos will build one. That's what they're hoping. So I guess we'll see if they stick around in Phoenix. If not, um, we'll lose hockey here in the next few years, possibly. Sorry. Going to be okay, because they're not worth watching anyways, to be honest. You'll get through it. I'm going to be, yeah. I got TV. I can go to Calgary or New York or anywhere I want. Through the boob tube. Yep. I'm there in my underwear and my beers are only, I don't know, uh, maybe $1.25 each instead of $12 for that cup of beer you get at any stadium across the U.S. This message is brought to you by unnamed beer sponsor of the Only Three Lads podcast. Amen. Now that we've gone on and completely bored people with my thoughts. Um, again, sorry, got the it's vid. the vid. I got the vid, man. The vid did it. So our number one, or I shouldn't say number one, but the the the, the last, the, the final last, spot, the fifth and final spot for our Mount Rushmore, yes, because we have five heads on our mountain because that's the way we do things. So who's did you leave off your list that I just broke your heart? If I had expanded it to living people, it probably would have looked a lot different because I probably then would have put on Elvis Costello, right. Paul Weller, mm-hmm. some of my favorite artists that mean the most to me. Instead, I kind of took it more from a scholarly point of view, maybe, and 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 thought about impact and I guess a legacy because, again, I chose people who have passed on. So what about you? I would say Robert Smith is the one that I left off my list that broke my heart. Yeah, it'd be too tough to carve that hair, though. Yeah, yeah, but that's okay. There would be somebody who would be willing to try and do it. And yeah, I think you'd have to pay him over time, though. That's okay. Yeah. You know, it's it's my fantasy mountain, and I could find the fantasy people to go up there and do whatever I dream of. But Danny Elfman also should be on there, okay. which I didn't put on there. Bernard Sumner. Those were the three that I was probably like, I think Robert Smith was the biggest one that broke my heart. Oh, yeah. and Ramones. Uh, you know, I could put any yeah, of Ramones. Them but who do you put? Do you put Joey? Do you put Johnny? Hmm. Dee Dee? Be tough to choose. Maybe just like a fourth or maybe a third of everyone's face. 
because Marky Ramone wasn't there. Tommy Ramone, then which one do you put, Marky or Tommy Ramone? It's a tough choice. I'd it probably is. have to go Tommy on that one just because, you know, he went on to have a uh, solid production career. Yeah, he was also their manager. He was, yeah. Yeah, after he stopped drumming. Yeah. We are to the last and final face on our mountains. So the final head that I am putting belongs to a pioneer who it's hard to believe has already been gone for six years. And I still miss him every day. And if you haven't already guessed, thinking back six years, it is David Bowie. Mm -hmm. I use the word pioneer, and maybe that's the wrong word, because everybody's heard Bowie referred to as the musical chameleon. Because really, what his major talent was, was synthesizing his influences, putting them through his lens, and then reflecting back something that felt groundbreaking, even if it really wasn't. So whether it be adding theatrics and mime troupe moves to pop music, androgynous alien glam rock, krautwork expired electronics, disco funk, industrial drum and bass, whatever Bowie did, he unapologetically made it his own. He built a career out of playing characters, changing personas so often that sometimes it was hard to really suss out who the real David Bowie was. But when you step back and look at the man's life in totality, you realize that it was all the real David Bowie. Because this was his greatest trick of all. No matter how much it seemed like he was putting us all on, he was just sharing a different facet of his personality, keeping his guard up just enough but revealing himself slowly, piece by piece, over the course of his remarkable lifetime. And no matter what, he always followed his muse and stayed true to himself, except for that horrid Mick Jagger duet and a few other questionable choices in the mid-80s. Dancing in the streets? Yeah, dancing in the streets, which was, which still horrifies me. But, you know, I mean, I think everybody had those in the mid-80s, so whatever. Don't you wonder sometimes about some vision. But the man helped change the course of music several times over, from glam rock to new wave to new romantic to synth pop, and we're forever grateful for him and honor his legacy with the final coveted spot on Mount Rockter. Thank you so much for picking David Bowie. My pleasure. Yeah. It, it would felt be, right. It does feel right. I, I, I'm so sad that I didn't even, he should be on my... Mount Rushmore, but I didn't pick him for my last one. But now the question is, what era of Bowie do I chisel onto the mountain? His new romantic one. Like uh, Scary Monsters era? Mm-hmm. Ashes. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, That's that'd be a good one. one. Yeah. Again, they'll have to work overtime for that, but whatever. You know, I'm paying them in imaginary dollars yeah. anyway. Exactly. All and right. Yeah. That's a really good pick. I'm really excited. Really good one. All right. Now, I have a feeling I know yours, but let's hear it. Oh, well, let's take a guess. Let's play Guess Greg's next face on Mount Rushmore. I'm going to say John Taylor. No, no. Oh, man. That would be a great pick. But, you know, he wasn't so much of a, I mean, I don't know. He wrote music and bass lines. And absolutely, another guy who would be up there if I could put, you know, 10, you know, faces on there. Uh, Definitely one of my favorite uh, artists and a guy who brings so much to the table. But if we're think, talking about that, Neil uh, Rogers should be up there too. Because right. I think a lot of people don't realize that what an influence he has on classic alternative music. He's worked with so many artists and pop music in general. And I mean, Donna Summer, uh, you got Madonna, you got Duran Duran. I mean, it just goes on and on the list. Uh, Pointer Sisters. And David Bowie, of course. And David Bowie. Let's but, dance. Yeah. yeah, let's dance. So Absolutely. he's like, worked all these bands. I mean... I just think that Nile Rodgers is probably, if you could be a guy who could, or if you could have like his musical brain, a musical brain, I probably would want his. Very cool. All right. But who actually made it? Well, the fifth and final face on my Mount Rushmore is a guy I believe who's probably one of the most important musicians easily for me in the past 30 plus years. And he's still roaring. He's a drummer, guitarist, bassist, singer, director, producer, dad, and the guy who has flown the flag and continues to save rock and roll, you know who it is, Dave Grohl. Uh-huh. Dave Grohl. He's just another music geek like us who makes music we love for all different reasons. And I truly believe this hundreds of years from now, when the instructor downloads the music theory lesson into students' cyborg brains, Dave Grohl will definitely have a big chapter in that download. 
and the world will continue to be a better place and we'll still have guitar solos and drumming and bass players all because Dave Grohl right now is the savior of rock and roll. And I'll agree with you. I, I'm, not, I'm not intimately versed in Foo Fighters music other than what was played on the radio. I don't have any Foo Fighters albums, but he's he's just an eminently likable guy now. And of course, oh, yeah. I mean, he's everywhere. You look on any music site and you might as well call it What's Dave Grohl Up To Today? Com. It's kind of funny when you look back at some old Nirvana interviews, he was just such a little punk, just, you know, and I know that was probably all a part of the act at the time, but he was just like a little sniveling brat in some of those interviews. And now he's just such a congenial, well-rounded, like you said, ambassador of rock and roll, even though some may say he's a bit overexposed. I don't think he's overexposed because it's so many different things. I mean, yeah, he's he's got his hands in a lot of pies. But he's built that. When I sing along with you, everything could ever be this way forever. If anything could ever be this good again. You know, and then you got his daughter, Violet, who's going to be part of his legacy, you know, and I think yeah. that she's going to be a great artist. I mean, she looks the part, sounds the part. I don't know if you've ever seen on YouTube, um, it's Dave Grohl, Chris Novoselic. And some other dude who's the drummer, and then his daughter Violet, who is probably around 16 right now. Yep. But she's doing uh, an X song, and I want to say it starts with an N. I did watch uh, that. Nausea. Nausea yeah. is the name of the song. Amazing. And uh, that young lady is, uh, watch out for her in 10 years. Dave Grohl's going to be retired, and we're going to be talking about Violet Grohl. Hope for the future. There is hope for the future. Absolutely. Our best days are ahead of us. I truly believe that. Not only with this podcast, but as individuals. And I think with art, because you're not getting that overexposed. Not everybody's doing the same thing. I think that people um, are going to want to connect, especially after the vid. We we are well the said. world. But well I think, said. I think people want to connect with people. Uh, you know, you don't connect with the golden arches. Kids connect with, of course... The clown and grimace and grimace again it's the emotional connection and i think that especially uh this whole generation that we've 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 connected through technology which is good in ways but then there's also ways that people want to connect one-on-one -on -one, and i think music does that so i'm so excited to see what comes after this pandemic and when kids pick up guitars and thanks to get dave grohl you're gonna see I think like the millennials, like I said this a million times before, but you know, it's like you kind of got that atmospheric or, you know, I think that pe someone's going to pick up the guitar and want to be rock and roll. Someone's going to want to be Joan Jett and they're yep. going to want to just kick over things and break things and uh, they want to piss their parents off right now. And sorry, millennials, you're not very rock and roll at all. Uh, you're very <laughs> compliant. Um, you got you know, a lot to learn. You know, what, what we used to say is sticks and stones may break our bones, but names will never hurt us. And people would throw insults at us and we just like chopped it up and snorted it. Uh, you guys have to have a safe space. This generation Y, generation Z, uh, whatever they call the next generation after that, safe spaces are going to be nerdy. They've run out of letters. Well, maybe we'll go back to A. Maybe double A. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to be, but I know that we're always changing and we're always trying to get better and people always want to try, you know, to connect. And I think that that's our future. And it's always different, but it's really comes down to the same thing. Humans wanting to connect with other humans. Well said. I'd vote for you, sir. <laughs> you better not, because I'm pushing the button and we're going to war. Oh, on second thought. <laughs> I retract that. Oh, war. What is but I love you all the same. For? The economy, boom, 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 boom. It's good for the <laughs> World Banks, boom, boom. There's nothing like bio terror or uh, war to really spur on the economy. Well, you know, and also governments always make us fear. You know, like for us, it was the Cold War, right? You know, yeah. you never know when they're going to push the button. You're going to drop the bomb on us, you know, Saved by Zero, all the songs in 80. You dropped uh, a bomb on me. You dropped a bomb on me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But now what it is, it's climate change. Mm. Climate change. Dang, climate change. We got tsunami warnings here yesterday. Yeah. But you know what happened? Nothing. Nothing. You know, you got like waves. I, I think there was a rock probably about four feet in on the beach that got hit with water that normally doesn't. 
Yeah. But you never know what that stuff either. You know, like um, that was crazy. We're seeing that big old uh, underwater volcano go off and then. Yeah. boom. You, you do not want to mess around with a potential tsunami. No, not at all. I've it's, seen videos. Yes. Well, that's like the one was in 2001. In, the one uh, in, in Thailand. Thailand. Yeah. December 26th. I want to say 2001. Yeah. 2004 maybe it could have been whenever it was yeah but those are like the ones that you see now with like you know like if you went to youtube and said tsunami you would get those and those water is just so powerful yes it you is know? it's just like people think oh what's what's the big deal you wait you know so if you're ever at the beach and you're watching the water suck back don't walk down and go what's this all about oh look i have never seen this part of the ocean get the <laughs> hell out of there because <laughs> yeah. it's coming back Yes, as someone who uh, who almost drowned in the ocean during uh, a, a rip current, you don't want to mess with that. The ocean is a powerful lady. And what do you do if you're in a rip current? You swim parallel. Thank you. I didn't know that at the time. Yeah, in fact, no. I had to have a, a lifeguard on a jet ski come get you. Who looked, at least in my memory, much like David Hasselhoff mm-hmm. come rescue me. Good kisser. There was no mouth to mouth. Oh damn! I even well, requested it. Yeah, I just say you lost out, man. Come on. <laughs> Now, if it was uh, like Nicole Eggert on Baywatch, okay. That would be awesome. Nicole Eggert. I remember her. Uh, Charles in Charge. Yeah. I used to have the Nicole Eggert poster up on my wall, uh, along with Tiffany Amber Thiessen and Christina Applegate. Those were my poster girls as a teenager. And it, it probably did come off as pretty creepy. It was a different time. Um, mine was, was Heather Thomas time. from Fall Guy. Okay. Yeah. And then Heather Locklear was everywhere too, the two Heathers. Yeah. Um, but uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of. B. Arthur. B. Arthur was one, definitely. Yeah. Maud. I remember Maud. Oh, then, oh, and then oh. Golden Girls. Yeah. It was like, mm-hmm. it was like full circle, you know? Yes. You know? Because, I mean, gray pubes, you don't get to see them much, but when you see them, it sure is a treat. Yas Queen. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are we done? <laughs> I think we're I think done. So. You, you need a nap. I got the vid, And I don't man. know what I need, but. <laughs> we need help. We need to get out of here. We These need going, serious uh, help. What happened? Last week was so good. This week. Um, well, it only goes to show you that our guests kind of rein us in a little bit. <laughs> Possibly. Eh, possibly. We're on better behavior. Well, we apologize, yes. but thank you for being part of this community. I do appreciate it. And I'm so glad I'm taking this journey with you in 2022. Yes, likewise. Thanks for joining us on this journey. Don't forget to sanitize your knobs on the way out. And in, oh, should we randomize, Greg? Yeah, let's randomize as we sanitize. As we sanitize. Randomizing and sanitizing. Stop. Okay. Top five. R-I-Y-L. Are you familiar with this acronym? I am not. I was going to say, what the hell is R-I- Something Recommended if you like. Here's the scoop on this. Pick an album that maybe a lot of people know and then recommend one that you think that people who like that album would enjoy. It's going to be one of them thinkers. It's going to be one of them thinkers. All right. So what we're going to do is it's like, let's say Nirvana, Nevermind. Yes. So then we would go, oh, if you like Nirvana's Nevermind, you have to listen to Pixie's Doolittle. You got it. Wow. You got it, mon frere. I'm afraid of my list. Yours I'm eager to hear because I know it's going to be good. Mine Maybe. is going to be like, uh, listen to The Jam and then Rihanna. It's going to make no <laughs> sense. But we'll see what I can come up with. Well, that'll be fun. Maybe. It'll be fun listening to you connect the dots on that one. Yeah. I will say. Now we can properly sanitize. Greg, I hope you get much needed rest. You finish that beer and uh, you feel better very soon. Thank you very much. And again, official beer sponsor. The uh, slot's open. Uh, this space for rent. So. Yep. And we're cheap. Yeah. It, I mean, you, you could probably just get Greg a six pack and he'd, he'd be good. <laughs> Schlitz beer brought yeah. to you by Woo. Schlitz malt liquor. Schlitz will give you yeah. Schlitz. That's for yeah. sure. Official malt liquor of only three lines. You feel backed up? Schlitz will give you Schlitz. Okay. Well, if you liked this episode, <laughs> we recommend that you listen to next week's episode. Or last week's. Or last week's or any other episode. We think you'll like us. If you didn't like this episode, well. Try another. God help you. <laughs> God help you. 
All right. Until next week, we will wave hello and say goodbye. The theme music is Frequency, written and performed by yours truly, Brett Vargo. Any other music in this episode is presented solely for purposes of review, examination, and news reporting. If you like what you hear, go to your record store and pick up the LP, CD, cassette, or 8-track, or stream it if you're one of those newfangled fancy pants. If we're lucky enough to still have these artists with us, go out and see some live music. For the latest updates, join the O3L community at facebook.com slash only3lads. We want to hear from you. And while you're at it, click on the Shop Now link for the coolest threads. Until next time, thanks for listening. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.